This is the Truth Hurts Program. Everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. Doesn't mean we go around committing hate crimes. Look around and you will find no one's really colorblind. Maybe it's a fact we all should face. Everyone makes judgments based on race. Yes, apparently everyone in America is a little bit racist, but no one more so than you rich white crackers out there, you conservative Christian white heterosexual married men especially. And according to Cory Booker, Democrat senator from New Jersey, gas-powered stoves are a symbol of racism in the United States of America. Hear me out, folks. It gets better. Brittany Bernstein wrote for the National Review... Biden administration considers banning gas stoves over health concerns. A federal agency may be looking to ban gas stoves over concerns about the release of pollutants that can cause health and respiratory problems, according to a new report. The CPSC, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, is set to open public comment on the danger of gas stoves sometime this winter. The commission could set standards on emissions from gas stoves or even look to ban the manufacture, import, and use of those appliances, according to Richard Trumka Jr., a commissioner with the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. The stoves that are used in about 40% of the homes in the U.S. supposedly emit pollutants, including nitrogen dioxide, carbon monoxide, and fine particulate matter at levels that might be deemed unsafe by the World Health Organization and by the EPA. Trumpka said, This is a hidden hazard. Any option is on the table. Products that can't be made safe can be banned. These invisible pollutants have been linked to stress, to illness, cardiovascular problems, cancer, and other health concerns. They claim, the EPA and the World Health Organization, that more than 12% of current childhood asthma cases are linked somehow to gas stove use. According to supposed peer-reviewed research published in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health last month, Senator Cory Booker, Democrat of New Jersey, and Democrat House of Representatives member Don Bayer of Virginia wrote a letter to the EPA last month urging the commission to address the issue and call the harmful emissions, quote, a cumulative burden, unquote, on black, Latino, and low-income households. Stop. Stop right now. You mean you only care about black, Latino, and low-income households because white Suburban, Christian, Caucasian, conservative households also have gas-powered stoves. Mr. Booker, Mr. Bayer, the Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers argues that cooking produces harmful emissions no matter what type of stove is used, even electric stoves. Jill Nottini is the vice president of the Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers and she says ventilation is really where this discussion should be, rather than banning one particular type of technology. Banning one type of cooking appliance 
is not going to address the concerns about overall indoor air quality. We may need some behavior changes. We may need people to turn on their vent hoods while cooking. And as one might expect, the American Gas Association also argues against a ban, stating, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission and EPA do not present gas ranges as a significant contributor to adverse air quality or health hazard in their technical or public information literature, guidance, or requirements. Karen Harbert is the group's president and said, the most practical, realistic way to achieve a sustainable future where energy is clean as well as safe, reliable, and affordable is to ensure it includes natural gas and the infrastructure that transports it. But hearing racist, bigoted statements by idiots like Cory Booker that they have a cumulative burden on black, Latino, and low-income households proves that he is both vapid and ignorant and that wasting taxpayer dollars and media airtime on this false racist narrative proves that Cory Booker is the racist bigot we all know him to be. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Have you heard the latest news about Nebraska Senator Ben Sass, the Republican? He has officially resigned from the U.S. Senate to become the president at the University of Florida. I don't know quite how to feel about this. Ben Sass will be abandoning his home state of Nebraska as he departs Capitol Hill two years into his second term after sealing the deal on his new job back in November when the University of Florida Board of Trustees voted to appoint him president of the school. It will be up to the newly elected Nebraska Republican Governor Jim Pillen to fill Ben Sass's seat for two years before a special election in 2024 can be held to determine who the senator would be for the following six years. Ben Sass leaves Congress amid deep divisions in the Republican Party over those who are loyal to former President Trump and those who are against President Trump. Sass has become one of Trump's most vocal critics. He was one of seven Republican senators who voted to convict the former president at his second impeachment trial in February of 2021. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Now the University of Florida will have a new president, a traitor to his home state, a traitor to the Republican Party, and Ben Sass will no longer be able to stand in the way of the Republican Party as we seek to once again make America great. Gropey Joe Biden was ripped for not meeting with migrants during his visit to the southern border. Someone said he did not come to Texas to see the actual crisis he created. He was actually criticized by both sides of the political aisle following his trip to El Paso, Texas on Sunday because he did not meet with a single immigrant during his first ever trip to the southern border since taking office as your president. Governor Greg Abbott, Republican of Texas, is also questioning the same thing. That's why the president is being criticized by both sides, because of what he didn't see. A CNN reporter named Rosa Flores actually said those words. That's why the president is being criticized by both sides, because of what he didn't see. So let me show you, the CNN reporter said. This is one of the migrant camps here in downtown El Paso. And you know, the immigration advocates here in El Paso and Governor Greg Abbott usually don't agree on much, but they do raise the same question. If President Biden came here to El Paso to see the reality on the ground about the border and didn't come here 
what's considered the epicenter of this crisis. Did he leave with a clear understanding? CNN this morning played a clip of Governor Greg Abbott, who said Biden's trip was, quote, nothing but for show, unquote. Of course, the White House, always trying to cover Joe Biden's ass for his missteps, his gaffes, his outright lies, and trying to spin things their way, issued a statement that said, quote, President Biden visited the busiest port of entry in El Paso to get a first-hand look at enforcement operations. He also visited a federally funded migrant services center to meet with local officials working together with federal officials to support and shelter migrants. Yeah, that's a nice cover-up. My God, when will Americans wake up and see that Joe Biden is bad for America? My goodness. James Rogan writes in the Washington Examiner, Sorry, higher taxes are necessary. It begins, we have a problem. The Congressional Budget Office last May warned that the federal deficit was high by historical standards. The federal deficit is on autopilot to reach 6.1% of gross domestic product annually in less than nine years. And that's optimistic, as the existing federal deficit approaches 100% of GDP. Under a realistic scenario, debt will reach 138% of GDP in the year 2032, and deficits will reach 10.1%. Interest rates on the debt would total 4.4% of the gross domestic product of this nation. These projections underline an unsustainable fiscal trajectory, just like the ones that bankrupted Greece, Venezuela, and other developed and developing nations. The major challenge is, of course, increased spending for the elderly. The U.S. population is aging and population growth is slowing. Therefore, the dependency ratio is rising. Entitlement reform is an absolute necessity. We have got to, as a nation, stop paying people to not work. Stop paying people to have babies out of wedlock and then support them from cradle to grave with taxpayer funding and not expect those people to produce one man hours worth of work in their entire pathetic lives. Higher federal taxes will be necessary thanks to Joe Biden and the Democratic Party's reckless spending. The U.S. is not going to grow its way out of the deficit problem. As the Bureau of Labor Statistics noted back in April of 2021, while Joe Biden was enjoying his first 90-day honeymoon, quote, in the years since 2005, labor productivity has grown at an annual average rate of only 1.3%, which is much lower than the average 2.1 long-term percent rate that occurred between 1947 and 2021. Trend productivity in the U.S. is below 1.5%, population growth is less than half a percent. And this matters, my friends, because economic growth is determined by productivity plus increased employment. We're having low productivity and decreased employment under Joe Biden and the Democratic Party's rule. Basic Economics 101 says the economy cannot grow faster than 2% a year, at least not on the sustainable basis needed to address the trend of our deficits. Federal spending over the course of the next decade will have to grow at 5% or higher. Federal spending is growing at 5% or more. The deficit is growing, reducing investment, reducing long-run growth, 
and higher federal taxes will have to be levied against every single working American. Taxes is what they're proposing, and they will punish, of course, hardworking, tax-paying Americans, especially those who own their own homes. Because after all, you can't tax someone in the hood living by their grandmama house or in the projects because there's nothing there to tax and there's no work and there's no incentive for those people to work as long as they continue to suckle from the government tit. Meanwhile, it will be disclosed tomorrow morning on national news, but some classified documents have been found in the private offices of Joe Biden. Documents that should not be there. Here's my question. Will there be FBI raids on Biden's personal home, on his private offices, on his other properties? Probably not. You see, the Democrat double standard is alive and well, and the media probably won't even pick up on this and report it as widely as they did when some Trump declassified documents appeared at Mar-a-Lago. We will not likely see wall-to-wall media coverage on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC. We probably won't hear anything about it in the Washington slimes, the New York slimes, the Chicago Tribune, or any of the other newspapers. Because after all, Gropey Joe probably doesn't even know what's in those documents that were stored in his private offices. The double standard? Absolutely out there for everyone to see. Will anything be done about it? Let's see. Liberal media roasted for excusing Biden document scandal. When will the FBI raid his home? The Washington Post and CBS rushed to defend President Biden after classified documents were found at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in D.C. Many on Twitter asking why the FBI did a very public raiding of Donald Trump's home, but they won't even go in requesting permission to look in Biden's home. Double standard? Absolutely. Switching gears here, looking at the headlines. Joe Biden, vacationer-in-chief. They say, according to the Washington Examiner's Paul Bettard, it appeared hard to believe that any president could possibly vacation as much or spend as many nights away from the White House as former President Barack Hussein Obama. Then, former President Donald Trump topped him with visits to his resorts in New Jersey and Florida during traditional summer and Christmas breaks. Now, according to the Republican National Committee's count, President Joe Biden will destroy those numbers. So far, your president, 400000 a year, making all those shady business deals, refusing to actually go and visit the southern border until this week, where it wasn't even really a visit. Joe Biden has spent 39% of his days away from the White House, mostly in his home state of Delaware. These aren't trips for foreign state visits. These aren't visits to disaster areas like Louisiana, California. No, these are vacation days. 39% of his days have been spent vacationing, mostly in his home state of Delaware at Rehoboth Beach. In fact, Biden's vacationing outpaces every other president in modern history. He's done far few press conferences and interviews than any of his immediate predecessors. Since taking office, Biden has spent 200 
82 days, just shy of 40% of his entire presidency on vacation. He spent 191 days at his beach house in Delaware, 66 days vacationing at Camp David. Of course, all presidents technically work during their breaks, technically. But Biden is on a mental vacation. Presidents are supposedly constantly on the job, but they didn't say that about Donald Trump when the media constantly went after him, showing him holding golf clubs at one of his golf resorts. Double standard? Absolutely. Let's take a look at some of the other headlines here. Democrats undermine working class with illegal labor and open borders. Stephen Camerata wrote in the New York Post, there's no disputing the data. Wages for working class Americans are not keeping up with inflation. A near record number of Americans are now out of the labor force entirely. The job participation rate at a very historic low since Joe Biden took office. Yet many liberals, many woke progressive Democrats, avowed friends of the American worker supposedly, are now calling for more immigration. So employers don't have to raise wages. Employers don't have to get Americans back to work. It's not surprising when big business calls for more immigration to keep wages down. But what has happened to the American left, who used to decry such things? Last year, nine Democratic senators joined nine pro-business Republicans in calling for an increase in the number of workers to be allowed into the United States under the H-2B program, which brings in more lower-skilled non-agricultural workers. One might think progressives' voices would at least express some concern about the enormous decline in the job force participation rate amongst the non-college educated, but they don't. They're all for it. Wonder why? Maybe because they can get more Democratic voters on the rolls? Maybe because more educated Democrats are starting to see the light that big government is not helping them? Hmm. We'll have to look into this a little further. Well, I guess I spoke too soon about the media not picking up on Biden with the classified documents. The Washington Examiner's Ryan King just wrote, Republican detractors were quick to put President Gropey Joe Biden on blast over revelations that classified documents from his days as vice president have surfaced at a Biden-aligned think tank office late last year. Late last year, my friends. This has actually been known that he had these classified documents way back in 2022. But we're just now hearing about it thanks to a leak. Drawing parallels with the document ordeal plaguing Donald Trump, Republicans scorned gropey Joe Biden and are demanding accountability, emphasizing that unlike Trump, he, Vice President Biden, lacked the power to declassify the documents found in his possession. But Democrats, of course, quickly shrugged off any condemnation. Biden's attorneys, Biden's attorneys, flagged roughly 10 documents with classified markings at the Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in Washington shortly before the midterm elections. Well, don't you think knowing this in advance, America, might have swayed the election towards the Republicans? This is another case of Democrat election fraud and tampering. Had this been known about Trump right before the midterms, it would have been all over the news media in order to sway the election. The situation has now prompted a Biden Justice Department review of how the documents wound up there. Here's how they wound up there. Then Vice President Joe Biden took, stole, acquired, pilfered, purloined, took 
classified documents from the White House while he was vice president. The VP does not have the power to declassify documents. Only Barack Hussein Obama could have declassified those documents, and he did not. Joe Biden stole classified documents, and this is a very serious crime. The Department of Justice cannot simply sweep this under the rug while they persecute and attempt to prosecute Donald Trump. The double standard is glaringly obvious. You might recall the very visible, open, media fest, the parade shown on television when Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate was rammed into and ransacked by the FBI looking for classified documents. The difference, of course, is the president, Mr. Biden, was not the president when he stole these documents. Donald Trump was the president of the United States when his people took some documents. Big, big difference. Classified documents from the Joe Biden vice presidential days were found at his private office. When will the FBI raid his home? Was the question that Representative Troy Nels of Texas tweeted. Here's another one. Former Republican State Representative Vernon Jones tweeted, quote, classified documents found at Joe Biden Center? Lock him up. Go ahead and get Hunter while you're at it. Make it two for one. Watch the double stands play out because it's old Joe. They meant double standard. Chris Ray and Merrick Garland, they have his back. Well, my friends, we have seen the double standard in action with Joe Biden since he ran for office. It is what it is. We might as well quit bitching about it. The Biden administration is demanding scientists, quote, promote equity and inclusion, unquote, in order to get taxpayer-funded grants. Jack McAvoy in The Daily Caller writes, the U.S. Department of Energy, the nation's chief funder of the physical sciences, is now requiring scientific grant applications to demonstrate their commitment to social justice ideals. To hell with science, to hell with developing new cleaner energy. We want to make sure you got enough black folks and Hispanic folks and Asian folks and lesbians and transgenders and gays and homosexuals on your staff or we not going to give you the grant. The new policy, which began October 2022, requires grant proposals that are submitted to the Department of Office of Science include, quote, promoting inclusive and equitable research, unquote, peer, P-I-E-R. They must include a peer plan in addition to information regarding their project, or they toss your application out the window. You heard me correctly. The wokeism has even gotten this deep. Researchers who want to receive federal funding must now explain how they are working to promote fairness and inclusiveness while carrying out their studies, because doing so is, quote, an intrinsic element to achieving scientific excellence, unquote. No, it has absolutely nothing to do with science. It only has to do with wokeism and hurt feelings. And why are all of the smart white scientists getting government grants and all of the ignorant poor black scientists not getting grants? Do you think it might have something to do with the woke black scientists just simply not having a grasp on the concepts that they're trying to promote? This business of, help me, help me, I's black, but I needs help, but I wants to be respected as if I don't needs help. These days have got to end. Our country is spiraling out of control downhill. This whole business of you got to include a black person, you got to include a gay person, or we're not sending you the money can only hurt the United States of America. Now, if you look at a plan, we have discovered a way to turn water into fuel for a vehicle. Wow, that sounds fantastic. 
We're going to give you a government grant. Yeah, but, but my whole team is white men. Oh, no, to hell with it. You're not getting the government grant. We're not helping you to discover that. Sorry, you don't have enough black people, enough gay people, enough Latino people on your team. To hell with the country, to hell with the future, to hell with making things better. Unless you have black people on your team, but no black people helped us with this discovery. Doesn't matter. Find one, make up one, put one on the team, go out and find some hobo, put him on your team. As long as we see a black smiling face, we're going to give you the money. But otherwise, you lose. Ridiculous, my friends. Ridiculous. The Energy Department and its Office of Science provides 40% of all federal funding for research in the physical sciences and would not respond to calls for a comment on this very biased, ridiculous equity and inclusiveness crap they're trying to push onto the scientific community. Now, I want to preface this next piece with I do not condone murder. I don't condone the thought of premeditated going out and killing someone. But I'm a big proponent of defending yourself. I want you to understand that. There is a huge difference between premeditated murder and defending oneself. I'm also a big proponent of play stupid games, win stupid prizes. This happened in Tangipahoa, Louisiana, in the parish of Tangipahoa, Louisiana. Dion Johnson is a writer for KLFY Television in Lafayette, Louisiana. And she misspelled the word Tangipahoa. It's an Indian feather, not dot. An Indian name for the parish of Tangipahoa, which is north of Lake Pontchartrain. I guess she should have done a little spell checking before she published this story. But nonetheless, out of Tangipahoa Parish, as she misspelled it, from KLFY Television, Dion Johnson writes, Protecting her children, a Louisiana woman shot and killed a home intruder before dawn Sunday. And there's a picture of the 13% hyphenated American Blafrican man right there on the article. They don't mention that he's black, but the picture is glaringly obvious. According to the Tangipahoa Parish Sheriff's Office, Robert Reams, age 51, an African-American male. It doesn't say that in there, but I'm putting that in there because he was. Armed with a shovel and a lug wrench when he allegedly forced his way into the home of the victim and her two young children. Chief Jimmy Travis said during the incident that a physical altercation took place between Reams and the homeowner, which led to Reams being shot and killed by the homeowner. He was pronounced dead on the scene. Just deserts. Chief Travis said at the time of the incident, Mr. Reams was out on parole after serving 20 years in prison for armed robbery. Apparently, the criminal justice system did not do its job in rehabilitating this 13 percenter. He came right out of jail from an armed robbery conviction after spending 20 years in prison. And what's the first thing he did? Well, he went and tried to invade a home with a lug wrench and a shovel. 
before being met with a far superior force, a bullet. He was also tied to a recent carjacking that happened only a few hours prior to this home invasion. The homeowner was exercising her Second Amendment right to protect herself and her children from a violent home invasion, Chief Travis said. The case has been forwarded to the DA's office for review, and it is my sincere hope that the homeowner is not charged in the killing of this criminal, thug, 13% hyphenated American animal. That is my hope. But we know she, if she is white, if this mother and her two children turn out to be white, the ACLU and the NAACP and any other alphabet organization out there will likely call for the white woman, if she is white, to be prosecuted for murder when all she was doing was protecting her children. If she's black, eh, no harm, no foul. She won't get charged. Just another black-on-black crime, this time with a good outcome. That's all the time I have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. We'll see you tomorrow on Tuesday, the 10th day of January 2023. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was pre-recorded. Mm-hmm.